0: Welcome to the Maple Grove Scripture Reading Podcast episode 14, 2 Samuel 16 through 24 and 1 Kings 1 through 11. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Scripture Reading Podcast. I'm your host Nick Spencer. Today we're going to be finishing up with 2 Samuel and then getting into 1 Kings. Last week we looked at the rise of David's kingdom and the start of its decline. This week we're going to be looking at the last days of David as well as the reign of his son Solomon. Now as we get started I just wanted to point out a short little passage in chapter 16 because as David is away from Jerusalem he's fleeing his son Absalom. That's kind of where we left it last week. Um, Absalom had rebelled and wanted to take over the kingdom, and so David's fleeing. He's approaching this place called Baharim when a man named Shammai, who was from the same clan as King Saul, he starts like cursing David. Let me read from verse 6. He pelted David and all the king's officials with stones, though all the troops and the special guard were on David's left and right. As he cursed, Shammai said, Get out, get out, you man of blood, you scoundrel. The Lord has repaid you for all the blood you shed in the household of Saul, in whose place you have reigned. The Lord has handed, over, handed the kingdom over to your son Absalom. You have come to ruin because you are a man of blood. Now, Abishai, who was with David, he wanted to kill Shammai for what he was saying. But David said this in verse 10. Look, if he's cursing because the Lord said to him, curse David, who can ask, why do you do this? David then said to Abishai and all his officials, My son, who is of my own flesh, is trying to take my life. How much more than this Benjamite? Leave him alone, let him curse, for the Lord has told him to. It may be that the Lord will see my distress and repay me with good for the cursing I am receiving today. Now, Shammai also reappears to David as he is returning to Jerusalem in chapter 19. Again, Abishai asks in verse 21, shouldn't Shammai be put to death for this? He cursed the Lord's anointed. And David replied, what do you and I have in common, you sons of Zeruiah? This day you have become my adversaries. Should Anyone be put to death in Israel today, do I not know that t- today I am king over Israel? So the king said to Shemmai, "You shall not die," and the king promised him on oath. Now I just wanted to take a look quick look at this passage because it's going to come up again in a little bit. Okay, so David continued to be away from Jerusalem as Absalom tries to become king. And in chapter 18, he prepares his army, David does, and he sends them out. And as they left, he told his commanders to be gentle with the young Absalom for my sake. So he's saying to his commanders, pretty much, don't kill my son. Okay, so the armies went out and Absalom happened to be out and ran across them. And he was caught. In the most interesting and strange way. Let me just read this to you. Chapter 18, verse 9 says this. Now Absalom happened to meet David's men. He was riding his mule, and as the mule went under the thick branches of a large oak, Absalom's head got caught in the tree. He was left hanging in midair, while the mule he was riding kept on going. I have no idea what to make of this, but you know what? It it, it does strike me a little funny. I know I know it's leading to Absalom's death at Joab's hands here in a couple of verses, but still, I mean, he got his head caught in the branches of an oak tree. I mean, the only thing that comes to my mind is like a Looney Tunes cartoon or something. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know how this happens. Maybe he was being chased by Absalom's men and was looking back and didn't see the tree. I just don't know. I just thought that that was interesting and crazy. Anyway, Joab is told about this, that Absalom's kind of stuck, and he comes and he kills him by throwing three javelins into his heart. Now let me talk about Joab for a minute. Joab tended to be a guy who just seemed to get things done. Throughout scripture, he was incredibly loyal to David and followed his orders, but this time he did what he thought would be the best thing for his king. He killed the person who was trying to overthrow David as king, despite the fact that he was David's son, and David expressly commanded them to be gentle with him. And three javelins to the heart? Not what I would call gentle. And it, along with some other issues, would end up costing Joab his life. We see in chapter 2 of First Kings that as David made Solomon king, he tells Solomon to deal with Joab according to your wisdom, Do not let his gray head go down to the grave in peace. And Solomon followed through by ordering Joab to be killed. Now the first part of 1 Kings... We move from David to his son Solomon as king over Israel, and at the end of David's life, he starts to kind of like settle some debts. As he prepares to die, David gives Solomon the names of those who Solomon should, like, quote-unquote take care of to start his reign. Now, Joab was on that list as we saw, and then we see another person who was on the list. That's right, it was Shammai, the guy, of course, who we looked at earlier, who was cursing David. Apparently, even though David was awful noble back in chapter 19, he never really forgot about what Shammai did. Let me just read to you from 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 8. And remember, you have with you Shammai, son of Gera, the Benjamite from Bahurim, who called down bitter curses on me the day that I went to Menaheim. When he came down to meet me at the Jordan, I swore to him by the Lord, I will not put you to death by the sword." But now do not consider him innocent. You are a man of wisdom. You will know what to do to him. Bring his great head down to the grave in blood. I mean, he tells him that he will know what to do with him, and then he's very specific about what he should do with him. This is the last thing that we get from David. David dies. Solomon begins his reign as king. In chapter 3, we see the Lord appear to Solomon and says that he will give Solomon whatever he asks for. Solomon asks for wisdom, which the Lord grants, as well as riches and honor, because these are things that he didn't ask for. Instead, he asked for wisdom. And the Lord is giving him these, all of these things, so that there would be no one who would be equal to Solomon. And then the Lord tells him this in verse 14, If you walk in my ways and obey my statutes and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. After this, in chapters 5 and 6, we see Solomon plan and build the Lord's temple. It took him seven years to build it, and as you read the details of what's inside, I don't think you can help but be amazed at how lavish and ornate it would have been. In chapter 8, the priests bring the ark of the Lord's covenant to the temple. Verse 10 says this, When the priests withdrew from the holy place, the cloud filled the temple of the Lord, and the priests could not perform their servants because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled his temple. I mean, this is something that we haven't seen since the tabernacle, and I think that's pretty cool. In chapter 9, God consecrates the temple and promises to be with Solomon and establish his throne over Israel forever. But he does warn Solomon that if he or any of his sons ever turn away from God and worship other gods, then God would reject the temple. And unfortunately, that's what we see happen. We start to see Solomon racking up wealth like none other, which back in Samuel, we were told that the king should not desire wealth. And then we see Solomon directly defy what the Lord had commanded in terms of wives. Chapter 11, verse 1, it says this, King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter, and that was who he was originally married to, but these were Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites. They were from nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your hearts after their gods. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love. He had seven hundred, seven hundred wives of royal birth and 300 concubines, and his wives led him astray. As Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of David his father had been. And so because of, of these 700 wives... Um, Solomon starts to build them places where they can worship their god or their gods, and then he also starts to worship them. Now Solomon, because of this, is told by God that his kingdom would not continue through his sons because of his disobedience and worshiping other gods. And I'm sure that this devastated Solomon because there were a lot of times that we saw where, he, you know, he talked about his line always ruling, always being king. But as we close today, I want to point out one verse that sounded hopeful. In chapter 11, the Lord is speaking to Jeroboam, who we're going to talk about more next week. But after the Lord says that he will be with Jeroboam, should he follow The Lord's commands and walk in his ways. God says this in verse 39. I will humble David's descendants because of this, but not forever. I will humble David's descendants because of this, but not forever. I find that incredibly hopeful because as a Christian, I know more of the story than what they would have then. Because I know of Jesus, who was a descendant of David. And, yes, David's descendants were humbled, but not forever. Next week we're going to continue in the two Kings books, and we're going to see the decline of the nation of Israel. Now, don't forget to continue the conversation from today's show on the episode 14 page at our website, Scripture. Thank you so much for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Maple Grove Christian Church Scripture Reading Podcast. You can find out more information about our church at our website at www.maplegrove.church. You can also follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MGCC B-Town. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and the Google Play Store. Thanks again for listening.